thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, researchers from Duke University have taken a deep dive into the metabolomics of meat and so-called near meat, showing that, not surprisingly, they're as different as plants and animals. Their research showed that beef contained 22 metabolites that the plant-based substitutes did not, whilst the plant-based substitutes contained 31 metabolites that the beef did not. They stated that whilst the 13 items listed on the nutrition labels, such as vitamins, fats and protein, made them seem remarkably similar, there were significant distinctions occurring in their amino acids, dipeptides, vitamins, phenols, and the types of saturated and unsaturated fatty acids. Meat substitute manufacturers have included ingredients like legemoglobin, an iron-carrying molecule from soy, and red beet, berries, and carrot extracts to stimulate bloodiness, fibers like methyl cellulose to thicken it, and isolated plant proteins from soy and peas to add protein. Some manufacturers also add vitamin B12 and zinc to help counter some common deficiencies that occur in those who eschew meat. Stefan Van Villier, a postdoctoral researcher at the Duke Molecular Physiology Institute, who led the research, stated that to consumers reading nutrition labels, they may appear nutritionally interchangeable. But if you peek behind the curtain using metabolomics and look at expanded nutrition profiles, there are large differences between meat and plant-based meat alternatives. Several metabolites known to be important to human health were found either exclusively or in greater quantities in beef, including creatine, spermine, anserine, cysteamine, glucosamine, squalene, and omega-3 fatty acids, DHA. These nutrients have potentially important physiological, anti-inflammatory, and immunomodulatory roles, the authors said in the paper. They went on to say that it's important for consumers to understand that these products should not be viewed as nutritionally interchangeable. But that's not to say that one is better than the other. Plant and animal foods can be complementary because they provide different nutrients, they said. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that, first of all, it's not surprising that plants are not meat. No matter how much we try to dress it up, they're just different. They have different nutritional profiles. And as humans, we are omnivores. We're designed to consume meat and we're designed to consume plants. And by getting a good balance of both, I think that's the best way to get a healthy diet and to live in a way that is in alignment with our evolution and in alignment with our genetics. So I also think that less processed is better. And so when we're going out of our way to try and make a meat substitute and we're processing and processing these materials to try and make them seem like meat, smell like meat, look like meat, taste like meat, we're doing so much to it that's taking it away from its natural state. And it's hard to imagine that that can ever be a good thing. You know, I think closer to nature is always better. We've consistently seen when we've played around with stuff too much, when we've processed too much, when we've altered stuff too much, when we've changed stuff too much, that's when we see the issues. That's when we see the health challenges and the health warnings. And so why not just use the natural stuff? Why not just go for the healthy meats and produce them in a healthy way? What we should be doing rather than focusing on producing fake meat is producing healthy meat. Let's look at regenerative farming. Let's look at grass-fed organic meats. Let's look at how we can make the meat that we're using healthy. You know, here in Australia, let's look at consuming things like kangaroo that are designed to live here, that can live in harmony with the environment and figure out how we can do that in a healthy, sustainable way, obviously without decimating our local stocks. Um, We need to use science, not ideology, to make sure we're asking the right questions here. 
I think at the moment what we're seeing is a massive movement towards plant-based diets, a massive movement towards veganism. And I think we're seeing often in our uh, advice from our experts, from our governments, that they're saying, well, look, it's okay to go plant-based. It's okay to not eat meat. You can still be just as healthy when the science doesn't support that. You know, you, you cannot do that in a healthy way most of the time without some degree of supplementation. Otherwise, you are going to end up with nutritional deficiencies. So we need to do the research and we need to ask the right questions and we need to approach it in a really balanced way. And we need to do research comparing what happens to people when they eat real meat versus what happens to people when they eat the fake meats. And I don't think we can go around trying to call it meat when it's not meat, as, as some people are moving towards. They're different. They have different nutritional profiles, as this study has shown. And I think people deserve to know the truth. They deserve to know what they're eating, where it's come from, how much it's been processed, what the nutritional profile is. So I think it's really important that we keep those as two distinct and separate labels so that people are allowed to make their own informed choice. And as I said, we need to be really careful about what the experts are advising, uh, where they're cherry picking the evidence and not looking at the whole picture and not looking at it from a long-term historical evolutionary perspective. So in my opinion, humans are omnivores. I don't think that, in fact, that's not an opinion, that's a fact. We just should eat a good balance of animal and plant products as our evolution dictates. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.